Good. Hey, this is Bob Nalbandian. And Matt Hartnett. From the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. You can subscribe and download all episodes of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast via the CMS Podcast Network at cmspn.com or any of your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Music, Spotify, Google Play, and more. And while you're at it, be sure to rate and comment about the podcast and spread the word. And if you'd like to donate to the podcast, go to our PayPal account at shockwavesskullsessions at gmail.com. Thanks for all your support of the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast over the years, and stay tuned for more great episodes every week. You are about to enter the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast on shockwaveskullsessions.com. And now your host, Bob Nalbandian. A uh, brand new Shockwave video cast, uh, Shockwave Skull Sessions mm-hmm. video cast. This will be our second, number two. Number two, yeah. And who better to do it with my good friend Ralph Vieira? Hey, nice to be here, Bob and, and well, Matt. What's nice, up, Ralph? Nice now to you, meet you, man. You sing and play guitar in Thrash or Die. I'm, uh, I am the angelic vocals. I'm the vocalist. <laughs> yeah, I think you play guitar too, no? I do, but not in the band. And, and my guitar player is nothing to talk about. I'm playing is nothing to talk about. But I do play a little bit, you know, yeah. Right on. All right. Cool. Well, we got Ralph. He also has the Almost uh, Human uh, podcast and a uh, lot of other stuff. Uh, Ralph's been on our show before and a uh, uh, great dude, old school metal dude. And of course, we got my co-host, Matt Harnett. What's uh, going on, Bob? How you doing, bud? Doing good. Doing the stream yard, man. I'm digging it. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of getting used to this. You know? By the way, right. I, I hate to correct you, Bob, because you Bob is God to me. But it's Uh-oh. the Almost Human YouTube channel. And my, my podcast is called Vieira Vault. Okay, Vieira Vault. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's what I thought it was. Okay, yeah. YouTube. So uh, 20,000 subscribers. That's not too much. Almost, almost there. I'm almost. Right, that's well, quite we'll, the feat. That's huge. We'll round it off to 20,000. Yeah. <laughs> round up, more, right? Yeah. Way more than three times. I'm jealous. I got to get a better background here. I don't have anything up on my walls, barely. I got you got old CDs. I know, right, Bob? Look at this. That looks cool to me, man. There's a little collection right there. Hard yeah. copies mean everything. Well, all my yep. CDs are sure. in the other uh, uh, other room and underneath this, which you can't see. Uh, but uh, uh, this is just kind of my go to. But then again, I don't go to any CDs these days. Everything is just, I mean, I thought I'd never be that lazy where I would just, you know, do the Spotify or YouTube. Yeah. That's what I've become, man. Unfortunately, I think that's, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, to go put in a CD player into a player and do all that and to look for it and, you know, it's become work for me now. So <laughs> I love the fact that Ralph is posting albums up on your. Uh, and, your and, and I actually am listening to them every time I play. Well, I listen to several albums a day, but I only pick one. A day when I show it on Facebook. Hey, here's one I'm playing now. Currently cranking is what I call it. There you go. There you go. Some, uh, let there be rock from ACDC. All right. So, so, so you're pretty. You're pretty avid. Uh, I see a collector there yourself. A vinyl, huh, Ralph? I mean, I can see the background there. Yeah, you got quite I, the stack. You can't really see it, but I have more CDs. But I, I love right. vinyl. I love CDs and vinyl. I love them both. Yeah, you know, I agree. People are like only vinyl. No, no. I actually love compact discs. But yeah, I like vinyl more. Yeah, same here. Agreed. Yeah. 
Funny when CDs came out, they were like, everyone's like, oh, ditch the vinyl. CDs is the thing, the best sound at all. Now it's kind of back to man. I miss that analog sound of the vinyl. The vinyls, you know. The I, 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 did could, the, I did the worst thing you can do when CDs first came out because I used to live. Don't tell a, me you sold your you vinyl. Sold them. You sold them? Not only sell them, but I no. gave them away too because I oh. lived in a box apartment. And I oh. figured every time I'd buy a CD that I had the vinyl, I'd give it to a friend or I'd trade it, you know, for a CD. You know, I know my whole collection of vinyl in the late 90s because I was living in Hollywood. I was, you know, listening to CDs and I had tons of vinyl and I had an apartment. I was moving them all over. So I just stuck all the vinyl at my mom's house in the closet and she was just getting fed up with it. She goes, get rid of this shit. So I sold it off in the late 90s. And this, of course, was before eBay and before Discogs and whatever. You didn't know the value of the, the stuff. Mm -hmm. I had all the classic new wave of British heavy metal, pretty much all the neat record singles, all those albums. I mean, oh, you know, the, 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 yeah, yeah. probably would have been worth a hundred thousand dollars. For what it was, I got a fairly good deal. I got this uh, a metal collector from uh, San Diego uh, came out. He was buying everyone's collection. I think he bought John Cornerans and a uh, ton, John mm. Stranansky and, uh, uh, you know, this is way back then. He kind of saw the value in it way back then. But I'm thinking, ah, vinyl is – I'll be like eight-track tapes. They'll never be of value for Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? So too. Hole, I'm, I'm kicking myself in the ass. As we say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, I still uh, have yeah. some eight-tracks, too. You do, uh, huh? Wow. I get rid of all my eight-tracks, too. Do you listen that's to them? Yes. Oh. I, I actually have an eight-track player. I now and then. Oh, wow. not, not much. But I still have an eight-track player and – and it's also an eight track. It's also a recorder. I can oh, record. I okay. I used to record eight track shows. Yeah, off the radio and stuff. And uh, yeah, but the eight, eight tracks would always get eaten up. Yeah, eaten. even way more so than cassettes. You you know? Yep. When that happens. The cassettes you were able to kind of take apart easy. The eight track you had to stick your hand in there. You had to take the whole thing. I was a bitch. So. Oh yeah, and you had to crack it open. Yeah. It I loved. I had it in my car, and it was great because you could just. If you didn't like this, you know, with cassettes, you had to rewind forward, flip it over. You know, with this, you just press a channel to four channels. And uh, usually I'd, I'd make, you know, with the recorder, compilation metal stuff on uh, on a, uh, you know, 90-minute eight-track tape. And, wow. Uh, yeah. Put yeah. that in my car. I was good to go, man. Yeah. 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 Those cassettes, I remember those. when Mine used to get chewed. I became like such a precise doctor with those things you know what i mean like yeah. a little surgeon yeah. you know yep. paste a little uh the fuzzy little thing in the middle you know i mean that oh those days man they got those things or, or uh, super glue stick it or i remember it. doing that many a times getting a tape with sometimes you have to do it just precisely precisely yeah uh, or i tried it with the glue stick sometimes if you could get it real good and get it to dry it will work but usually doesn't last that long and it uh but no, I used to do that whole thing too. And it was funny because these tapes, I mean, yeah, I would get sometimes, you know, the cassettes, uh, you know, back then you could get like three or 99 cents or whatever mm -hmm. the prices were. The, the tapes are cheap itself, but the stuff I had recorded on there was worth so much. I would spend hours and, and, and doctoring it up like a surgeon, you know, doing this, you know, just for yeah. a fucking cheap ass cassette. Thing. I know. <laughs> the cheap ones were called Sertron. You remember the Sertron? Sertron. You remember Pickwick? Did you have yeah. that? It's like a three-pack for a dollar. But then you would buy the, the Memorex or Memorex. Really the Maxell. Maxell or TDK-SA. You were the best. Uh, or if you were really stupid, which I heard wasn't much better, were the metal tapes. Not the chrome, but the metal, which was way more expensive. But I heard they really weren't as good as is the 
you know, the Maxell Chrome, what were they called? They're, they were always the best, but they were expensive. Yeah. Mm. You know, but uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. <laughs> so from that to streaming, unbelievable, huh? You know? Yeah. And now it's, you know, the physical product is just completely just, you know, evaporated and it's vanished. You know, it's, uh, but I'm like you, Bob, I'm the same. I've got all these collect. I mean, I collect all these vinyl, but I got to say, I mean, CDs, I stopped because the reason why I stopped buying CDs was it started going up to being like 15, 16 bucks a CD again. I, I, t- 9 10, 11 bucks. Yeah. I'm totally fine with, but when you charge a $16 again for a CD, I'm just, I'll either buy it vinyl or, like I said, I'll just stream it. Well, like, dude, you know, I, I, I still stand behind. That's what really killed the industry. I think maybe not to, it would last this long. I think it still would. If, if when the whole Napster and all that shit came out, CDs were selling for $18.99. You could go to Tower Records, mm-hmm. any retail store, yeah. major chains. 18, they went up. Now, CDs are 10, I'm going to say 10, five times cheaper to produce than albums always it always has been when when cds were yes. first being made they cost a dollar each and when they were brand oh. new it was like 20 bucks now i i remember in 86 85 86 because we were because i remember we uh we, you know we signed with enigma records a band i managed eden and i just remember we were gonna be for one we were supposed to be the first one on their capital label which they our A&R guy left, so, oh, well, no, you're going on the wrestle side, but we got this new band, Poison, we're putting on Capital. Fuck you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, we're supposed to be uh, one of the first, you know, of, of the bands on that label to go on CD, too. Uh, now, I think Striper already did, and there are a, a couple others that were going out on CD. But I remember at that time, or this might have been, because we signed in like 84, so it might have been before the, the record came out. They were talking about there was only one CD manufacturer in Germany, and that's why it was in such demand uh, to make CDs and so expensive. I don't mm-hmm. know if that was true or not, but there was just one. Because nowadays, you know, everyone has CD players on their fucking laptops or, or did. Those are extinct. No, those, those are gone now, too. Yeah, exactly. those are gone now, too. But before anyone, you know, you had CD burners and all that. Just, mm-hmm. you know, we're talking just, I mean. So from 84 to, yeah, you know, 94, 2000 for you, everyone had CD burners. But back then there was only apparently one place in Germany that manufactured all the CDs and they were backlogged. So I think that's why it initially became so expensive. But you're right. To produce them, it cost pennies, uh, literally. Yeah. Uh, You know, a buck a CD. And the artists aren't getting paid more. They weren't getting more royalties. Their royalties were the same. Everyone else got dicked except the, you know, uh, uh, you know, the record label and it was way cheaper to produce and they were charging way more money. So mm-hmm. I think if, you know, once the Napster and all that came out, if they just made all CDs $9.99. And I think it was great when like System of a Down came out and their debut album, $9.99, the mm-hmm. oldest album. Nine 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 nine. I think that's what broke that band because if you're going into a store and you go, hey, you know, I heard this band, the song Sugar on the radio or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, I, I came in to buy the new Limp Biscuit, but it's eighteen ninety nine. You know what? I'll, I'd rather spend half that and buy this System of Down band. And I'm sure that you know. Sure. And I think if the labels were smart enough to make all their albums nine ninety or all their CDs nine ninety nine. It would have, you know, gone for at least another uh, ten years, uh, you know. But you know, charging eighteen ninety nine was criminal. It really sure. was. And that's why people. That's why the fans were saying, "Fuck this! I could get it for free. I'm not going to pay that." 
I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll buy a fucking $2 blank CD and fucking, you know, burn it. Fuck this, you know, eight ninety nine a CD. You're not getting the artwork and the CDs were manufactured cheaper. You remember the teeth would always fall apart on the newer yeah, one? Yeah, yeah, the jewel case. The jewel yeah. case. It's like, fuck this. So, that's, yeah. why, that's why I really hate uh, Digipack. You hate yeah. that? Because oh, when, when the teeth break on a Digipack, you're screwed. You're screwed. Oh, it falls out. You open that thing up and it's coming right out. That's yeah, true. Yeah, 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 you're right. And yeah. It's all scratched up. And, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a good point. So, yeah. Yeah, it's um, you know, like I said, it's uh, I was all about it until just a few years ago. We went back to you know fourteen ninety nine a CD, and it was like, no, nope, it's just going to be vinyl or go to streaming. They almost kind of force your hand to go to streaming in a way. A lot of times, yeah, I mean, unless you unless you collect vinyl, but if you don't, I mean, that's really what else are you going to do? I mean, I, cars don't have CD players anymore. We talked about that when I bought my yeah. car two years ago. I didn't even realize. I just took it home, thinking, all right, great, I can put my CDs out again. And I'm like, holy shit, it doesn't have a player. I don't fucking idea, you know, because I, I also realized too that the other cars they had, none of them did. So That's it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna guess keep this one. But yeah, and then then you're stuck because you got to go through your phone. You have no other way to listen to music, um, you know, the music you want. So you almost kind of force your head, you know. Do the cars actually have a MP3 player in them? Because I know some cars actually they do. Play. Yeah, now they do. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. they I'm should. Still, I'm still holding on to that iPod. I got an iPod. You still got iPod. With That's a lot of in my car. It's, I, it's the greatest I, radio station ever. You know, nice. you got your podcast on my little iPod. I have the USB thing in my car. It's a 2012, and boom, I'm ready to go. Yeah, that's yeah. what I do. You know, because I got I got a cheapo Android. You know, I don't I don't even know how much this holds in music, but I own three iPods: yeah. one for walking, okay. one for a car, and one in case one of them breaks. Well, I got my old iPhone, the old uh, four iphone in my car and i just use it for an mp3 player and i've got probably a thousand songs on that thing i fit yeah. was able to fit quite a few actually so i think i think the ipods are still pretty damn cool i mean i love yeah. the ipods you know yeah. i mean just a portable jukebox it's kind of the same exact thing as your phone it's just you know i like it because it's you know it's i like that in a way it's kind of separate than your phone you know what i mean because then when you if you lose your phone you're not losing your phone on all your music at least you still yeah. have your music you know but yeah. um but yeah, no, I like the I do. I like the iPods. I still do. I mean, this, yeah, that was another thing too with the iPods. You had a whole bunch of those types. You had that that Zoom one. I think that was through Microsoft, right? You obviously, had iPod through Apple. I mean, those things are all extinct now too, right? I mean, everything. They are. Just, they yeah. are. Yeah. I actually did buy one not too long ago for like a hundred thirty bucks. You know, the biggest one. What is it? Thirty four gigs or something. Like that. Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, I did because uh, one of them, you know, was was acting up on me. I had it repaired and then it started acting up on me again. The left channel went out. So mm. if you go on eBay, you can still find them. But I, oh. if you find it new, they're going to charge you four to five hundred bucks. Yes, yeah, okay. So I just get an. I just got to use one, and I've had it for about two years now. Has yet to give me a problem. Really nice. Very yeah. cool. I still have a DAT machine, a DAT tape deck that I bought. You know, remember before CDs or before you could burn CDs. It would take only get on digital is dad and all the recording studios had that tape. So I bought a deck and I remember at the time I bought it, it was like $900 and I'm not going to get rid of it. Anyone need a dat machine out there? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the closet. I don't know. eBay, man. eBay but it's funny how, extinct, how fast these things become extinct. You know? Technology is just yeah. rapid. It's rapid. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So fast. Exactly. So let's yeah. talk. Uh, well, let's, first, let's talk a, a little bit about Thrash or Die. Yeah. Great band uh -huh. you've got. Yeah, uh, totally. Two or three records, right? Uh, uh, no, right. 
two. we have two, two, and we're working on the third one now. Working on the third one. Yeah. And uh, but you know we we have enough material to release like some kind of covers, and we have some unreleased songs. But I, I just I just want to make one more. I'm up there, man. I'm 55 years old, and I can still do it. But I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Yeah, much longer. Because <laughs> it's very what I do. I've vocally, got a year on you, pal. Huh? I said I've got a year on you, pal. I'm 56. <laughs> try screaming like me. You know it's gonna. Go, you know my True. voice. Is gonna Your go. voice is still great, though. You yeah, still got it. Man. I know, but I know it, you're not singing every day and going out on tours, so you're not straining it like yeah. some of the other, you know, thrash metal singers are. But we, uh, we yeah. have toured a lot, and yeah, it's been it's taken a toll because of my. My age, and I know, like, if I was to tour very much, my voice is gonna go, you know. So I'm just trying to do everything now, now that I can. Auto tune, man. Come on, you got. <laughs> I mean, I have, a, I have a, stars use my my my. Uh, we have a, an album called Poser Holocaust. I can't use auto tune, <laughs> which, by the way, is featured in the new Inside Metal. Movie. Yeah. Bay Area Godfathers Part One and Part Two coming out on March will feature nice. a ton of thrash or die music. Yeah, and I I thought that was perfect for the movie. I mean, I remember when we were watching it, I was like, I at first I was thinking like, I was like, dude, what, what band is? It? I thought it was someone from up here from the Bay Area. And he's like, oh, it's my buddy Ralph. He's thrash or die. I'm like, really? It's it's yeah, man. Dude, you guys kick ass, man. You guys definitely do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank thank you so much for allowing us, for people that don't know, for a movie, a documentary movie that's all that's commercially viewed on, you know, whether it be Amazon or Netflix or or iTunes or whatever, uh, you have to have, you know, licensed music. You have to go through and it's a it's a big process and it costs a lot of money. You have to have a budget for music, which is fine if we had the budget. So if we were to get you know, everyone goes, oh, why don't you have the original bands like Exodus and all that band? Well, oh, you no. know, even though you could, the bands might say, oh, sure, go ahead and use my music. If it's on record, if there's a publishing company involved, you're fucked. You know, yeah, you know? all the red tape and all the bullshit. Oh, yeah. well, they're going to want milky dry. You know, if we yeah. had a budget to do it, that's fine. But you know, the great thing is, Thrash or Die just fits right in with that '80s thrash metal sound. Mm. You know, sound-wise, production-wise, the the riffs. You know, it just it works, and everyone is everyone is giving so many compliments. Like, what what music did you use? What you know? What you know? What band is that you have? It's I, oh, I will bring this up, Bob. And I was like, I went, uh oh, <laughs> was the credits, man. The uh-oh. credits, all songs written by Thrasher and I. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> oh, should oh, I have put your name? You you said I wrote all the songs where I wrote all the lyrics. Oh. <laughs> oh, I should have put all songs written by Thrasher or Die. I, I, yeah, no, you said no by Ralph Vieira. And oh, okay, okay. I, I, I called, I called the people, and I said, oh, okay. you know, my guitar player, everybody involved. Well, you know, what? Was, you know what? Part two's already in manufacturing, so I'll probably say the same of part two. But that's I, fine. I, I thought that was all. See, I thought that Thrash when I when you first sent me that stuff. I actually thought that you were like the brainchild and you did all kind of pretty much all the instruments, maybe hired a drummer. And you no, did all the no, no. My guitar player was very, very instrumental. I started the, the band with him. And well, he, let's say his name out here and we'll officially apologize. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Hell Vomit Sodomizer. Hell Vomit Sodomizer. <laughs> Thank you, Hell Vomit Sodomizer. Yeah. We, we highly respect you and, uh, Darth, Darth Vodka and uh, 
uh, Triple Six Horror Mangler. They all had something to do with all the songs. Okay. Alex, Alex Marquez, who was in Demolition Hammer and mm. uh, Malevolent Creation. You know, he had a lot to do with the second album. Ryan Taylor, all these guys contributed a lot. And uh, But, you know, basically, I'm the star of the band, so fuck them. <laughs> there you go. That's the attitude. Yeah, yeah. Creation, they were great guys. I, I remember working with them at Roadrunner, and I mm. lived, uh, you know, I, I ran Roadrunner's LA office in '91. Mm-hmm. Uh, every, you know, everyone was in New York. I started an LA office, and when the bands would come out to the West Coast, I would hang out with them and whatever. And they came out and did some shows. They did a show at Goodies. I don't know if you ever heard of that club, Goodies in Fullerton. Um, it was kind of like Jezebel's and all, you know, you had a lot of clubs. There are a lot of clubs in Orange County at the, you know, at that time. And, uh, we went there and, uh, we had like four hours to spare out there after like sound check. So I took them out to a strip club, local strip club. And we just had a blast, you know, buying them drinks and hanging out and really great guys. So, uh, I kind of lost touch with them after that, but I don't know what, what was his name in your band? The, from the- Alex Marquez. He was and the drummer. I- Okay, he might have been. So this was he in the, the band at like in like ninety one. I think so. Yeah, that was yeah, when he was in. Band. Retribution was the album. Yeah, they were they, good guys, really fun guys. And yeah, they, yeah, they're, they're, my bass player is now in their band, and my drummer is now playing with Ingvay Malmsteen. Oh no shit! Oh, bro, get out of here. He's yeah, got to be wow. really good because yeah. I know he doesn't settle for less. So I mean, Patrick Johansson is no longer in, huh? Uh, no, Patrick is no longer with Ingve. Okay, really- should we take bets how long your drummer's going to lash with Ingve? <laughs> well, I'll give it three months. Yeah, well, he's been in it for two years, so I would have lost that bet by now. Because wow. two years ago, I joined, I was like, I yeah. hear Ingve is very demanding. Uh, hear- yeah, yeah. Yeah. He doesn't play on the records because all Ingve does is uh, drum machines. Oh, still? Really? Mm, that's really? That's weak. Yeah. Mm. But, but uh, what can you do? And yeah, he's Bjorn Englund is, is a friend of mine, and he uh, plays with Ingve. And he says, you know, you have to go prepared. If you go in the studio or just in a rehearsal, you don't know the parts. You're out. You know, it's like he's not going to show you. It's like you mm. know, you better know your ship when you get wow. in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so, so Ralph, you you you're in uh, like Miami area? Is that where you're at in Florida? Yeah, I live no. on Miami Beach, but oh, okay. Yeah, I, I originally was from Terrytown, New York. That's where I was born. Oh, okay. Up, upstate, upstate New York. Sure. Mm-hmm. Where, uh, where's all the beach chicks, dude? This guy's got um, chicks galore in Miami, man. He's a pimp. Man, when I walk out of my house, it's like I get whiplash with all the hot chicks around here, man. So <laughs> oh, many of them. Like Tony sure, Montana, man. man. He's got the, the blow, doing the blow, inviting them, getting, snorting it up their, their asses, right? It's like that's exactly how it is down here, man. You're missing yeah. Michael Brandbold. <laughs> we gotta give him shit somewhere in this <laughs> So what what's it like? Because you don't really hear usually a lot of times you don't hear about too much metal coming out of Miami. I mean, Florida you do, obviously, like Fort Lauderdale and Jacksonville and stuff, but not so much uh Miami. No, Miami all reggaeton and you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. you know what they're into artists that are here today and gone later today. Gotcha. And uh, you know, it's always been that way down here, but we do have a very dedicated metal scene. I mean, Fort Lauderdale is only a 20-minute ride. That's true, yeah, it's right there. Dayton Dayton Broward are kind of, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it was thriving a little bit in the late 80s. Early '90s, we got we had like um, 
Oh man, what's that? Saigon Kick came out of here. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. Marilyn Manson. There were some sure. artists that kind of broke through, even though yeah. I'm not a Marilyn Manson fan, but he is from here. Yeah, it was yeah. like Collapsing Lungs Band or whatever Lungs Collapsing Lungs, I think they were called. Uh, yeah, I, that's that rings a bell. They were part of that whole like they, they had like that sort of industrial, you know, nineties. Sabotage, uh, you know. Sabotage up, you know. Oh, sabotage, yeah. Sabotage is up in the Tampa area, and that's where a lot of the, you know, Death, Morbid Angel, well, that's where yeah. the, the, the Morris Sound is right. Uh, Bob Morris. Morris. Yes, yes, yeah. that's where. Uh, huh? Yeah. Is it Jim Morris or Bob Morris? There were two brothers, right? Morris. Uh, yeah, I, Morris. Uh, yeah, I can't remember they the, the first that metal, and then they started doing all the traditional uh, metal stuff out there. They were like the big, all the Century Media, a lot of the Roadrunner bands, all those bands. They were like the metal studio, and they, but, did, great, I mean, they did great work. It's it's like four to five hours away from me. Florida is huge. It takes huge. eight hours to drive out of here. Yeah, it's a long, you know. So, you know, you measure it by, you know, states, you know, it's like not really close. Like, we'd be like, you know, a Buffalo band compared to a New York band. I mean, everything is so far apart. But in Florida, it's just one chunk that, you know, but all these bands like Sabotage and, you know, Morbid Angel and so on would always come down here and play. Because, you know, close enough if you're a touring band. Sure. And so we did have, we have a lot of killer diehard metal fans in Miami. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just scattered. It ain't like everywhere else, but there is an influx of Latin Americas that move to Florida, and you will never find more dedicated metal fans than Latin, Latin Americans. Americans. I totally agree. Absolutely. Yeah. You yeah. know, when we, we played... Were you born and raised in Miami? Huh? Were you born and raised in Miami? No, no. you said New York. You said yeah, Terrytown. I came here at eight years old, so basically... Okay. Much. But um, we played Columbia. And we ended up headlining in front of 8,000 people in wow. Colombia. You know, it's like, wow. yeah. and it was crazy. They knew the words and wow. it was, uh, you know, cause there's, we played Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, you know, and now, who put out your records? Did you, you had, a, you I, I, I did my own label. We, wow. you know, I will tell you in private, we were offered some deals and uh, you know, one of them was a very well-known uh, metal label, I will tell you off the air. They offered to do it, but we had to pay them $5,000. Oh, man. <laughs> and then they were going to get a chunk of the publishing. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it myself. Oh, was that Century Media? <laughs> no, it wasn't Century Media. But I will I say- know a lot of those labels were doing that to bands at the time. It was kind of like the pay-to-play thing. And yeah. a lot of bands would do it just to get on and figuring they'll get the tour support. And if they did take off, you know, I mean- Dude, it's basically now that's what the the majors are doing with these PND deals, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, although they will put up, well, it's kind of, it's kind of the opposite. They'll actually put up the money to record, but they'll own everything. You know? Yeah, that so, that's the thing. It's a bad. What's going to be better? Because we used to do. I used to do a lot of license deals with labels overseas. This is one Japan. You know, you had Pony Canyon, you had JVC, you had all these uh, labels that would uh, take on independent. Bands, they, they love the, uh, you know, especially the great guitar players. I had several bands that I licensed, um, you know, uh, you know, bands like Silver Mountain, The Glory, a lot of Swedish bands, you know, uh, we, Andy Zuzamil, York Fisher's band. They they all had deals in J- Japan and separate deals in, in Germany, and they owned everything. So they would pay for the uh, recording themselves. They all had good deals at recording studios. And then we're just licensing it back then. That you know, these labels in Japan they, they pay 10 grand, you know, 10 15 grand for just for a license. Deal. Wow. 
the Elm license deal. But yeah, those were, um, you know, that, that shit don't exist anymore. But, uh, you know, mascot in Europe, you know, all those labels, they were doing a pretty good license deals back in the day. But, you know, it's also like being in a label is like, you know, it's like a bank. you got to pay back everything they put mm-hmm. into it. Like taking a loan. Or, yeah. uh, you know, the pressing of vinyl. So I, I, I yeah. formed my own label. And I do want to plug a band called Atomic that I signed. And uh, they're amazing. It's an album called Fallout. Uh, okay. Look it up. It's on YouTube. It's on Amazon. It's on everywhere. And uh, it's the only band, other band than my my own band that's on the label. But we've released some compilations. My label's called Empingao Records. It's very small. I mean, it's a, it's a grassroots thing. But in the end, um, I'm not doing this for money. You know, this is, I'm doing it to break even. You know, uh, that's why I wouldn't sign with a label or, or anything like that. I mean, I, it would get me in uh, physical copies in actual stores you walk in. But thank for thank God for CD Baby. I mean, you can buy my stuff yeah. online, even BestBuy.com, and you can get it on you know uh, Spotify and and Apple, you know iTunes, whatever. You know, you can get it everywhere. Yeah, availability yeah. is great, and that's you know the same with our or the DVDs for the Inside Metal. You could you know online. I just tell people sure. anywhere in the world. You know, you can pretty much order them. Let me ask you something, though, Ralph. Um, if you don't mind, it's kind of personal. Uh, and you don't have to mention about, uh, you know, how much money you're making it's or whatever. only three inches, Bob. I'm very, very ashamed of it. Oh, man. It's disappointing. <laughs> all the ladies in Miami are going to be, you know, dancing to a reggaeton to a whole different beat. Now. <laughs> uh, no, I was going to ask about your YouTube channel because obviously, you know, 20,000 subscribers. You do video, a ton of uh, videos, and yeah. you get a lot of views. Are you getting slammed by YouTube? Uh, any? Uh, I know you probably don't do anything mm-hmm. that is because you know Mad and I. Some of our old episodes, we've been getting age restrictions and all this, and it was some of them were just with him and I talking, and we're like, "Well, what do we talk well, about? We talk about nothing really big at all, exactly." Yeah. yeah. And are you getting a flag by YouTube on any of your videos? Or no, because uh, there's an option. On when I upload a video that I don't, I say Monetize not. It. So mm-hmm. they leave me alone. Okay. Say, well, I can say not for kids because there's an option. There's yeah. an option that if it's, you know, this is appropriate. But then they have to sign in to watch it, right? Uh, I don't know how that part works. Well, so it's demonetized, is what it is. You, they turn off the comments and all that stuff that you can't comment. Can you get comments on your video, on your videos? Yeah. Uh, you're right, Matt, because I did yeah. try once. I said, look, I was going to put up a video and it was so G-rated. I go, all right, not, uh, this is appropriate for kids. But mm-hmm. when I did that, it turned off the comments. Yeah, and I said, oh, this ain't good. Yeah. So I, I just put everything as not for kids. And the, mm-hmm. the, problem, the, the thing is, that I'm not going to mention her name, but I got a 14-year-old mega fan. I mean, this girl even made an Instagram about me and her videos about me. <laughs> wow. she's, a, she's a huge fan of mine. She's 14 years old. So age restriction ain't keeping them off my videos, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know? Good point. yeah. I think there is a difference. If you say not suitable for kids, it doesn't mean eighteen and over. But certain videos or things they make it where it's eighteen over, and people have to actually sign in. Because when we did the trailer for Underbelly, you know, the do- the, the porn documentary that uh, uh, you know I, I worked with with the Reality Check uh, TV uh, people that edited it, uh, they. Uh, made it where you have to sign in, even just to watch the trailer. Uh, and a lot of people, it's like, you know, you have to sign in, put in your password, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you're not going to get as many people coming in. But I think that's different than just saying not suitable for kids. 
an age restriction. They put some age restrictions on some of our videos, which I thought was. Yeah, and, and my videos are no different than yours. The only problem is that we let the salty language slip here and there. Yeah, yeah. We can't help it. But everything that, you know, because just to let you know, uh, Matt um, mm -hmm. and Bob knows this, shockwaves is what got me rolling in everything. Mm -hmm. uh, when I saw shockwaves, I said, I want to do a podcast. Sure. And that bled into YouTube, but it all started at shockwaves. Shockwaves, yeah. And right. I got a hold of Bob back then. No, actually, I won something from you, Bob. Uh, you see, oh, we did a contest, right? We did the music contest. Yeah, you put a picture of Raven. Who's this? I was like, it's Raven. I was the first, you know, there's a hundred athletes saying Raven. <laughs> that was right there, you know. And then that's where me and you started talking a little bit. And I said, hey, Bob, I got a band called Thrasher Die. I would love to send you my CD. And that's how me and Bob became friends. But then and I held off of that CD for the perfect time. Many years later, Ralph's probably thinking, oh, this fucker, he probably threw out the CD. <laughs> Many years later, when the Bay Area Godfathers came out, hey, Ralph. That thrash or die CD. Hell yeah, man. Have you, have you, have you gotten anybody that's, that's like, I asked you, Bob, like, oh, who's that band that was on the, you know, on the Threshers, I mean, on the, uh, on the, yeah. the documentary yearly? Okay. Well, a lot of people, like I said, they were thinking it was, what, what is that? Is that like early, like early Exodus? Exodus. Demos? That's what I did when I first heard it. I was like, it yeah, sounded like Exodus. Like yeah. Demos that they had. And, uh, you know, well, it's funny because some people actually said, I remember uh, when we interviewed uh, Eric Peterson. Uh, he said, you know, if you want, I, I could just throw some, I've got my own studio. I could just throw some music together and, and, uh, mm. uh, you know, do something and just on license, have you use it. I said, yeah, that'd be great. We could, we didn't, you know, communicate and get everything in time. Uh, since we had to get, everything was kind of rushed because this DVD was supposed to be out, you know, actually last year. Uh, but I mean, that's a whole long story. Uh, and then, you know, like Eric Meyer, who was a guitar player for Dark Angel, he put some stuff together for me, exclusive stuff. So it was all people like that. But a lot of people thought the Thrasher Die stuff was either Exodus or, you know, some Bay Area thrash band, you know, uh, violence or something that, you know, was demos that they never mm -hmm. heard. So, uh, uh, which yeah. was a great compliment because it fit right in with the, you know, yeah. the music. A lot of people, a lot of, I, I hear the Steve Souza thing a lot. Right. And, Personally, I don't think I sound like Steve Souza, but I, at the same time, I think it's a huge compliment because sure. I love his voice. Sure. Uh, and, and some people said Paul Bailoff. I will tell you this. I don't think I sound like Paul Bailoff either, but the heathen demos that Paul Bailoff did, right. I sound like that. I really? was like, oh, that oh. sounds like me there, you know? But I've heard people say that I sound like, you know, Roddy Piper too. So, you know, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Cool, cool. But but it's it's awesome. It's so awesome to be part of it, you know, of the Bay, Bay Area Godfathers and watching all these, you know, gods that I grew up with and hearing my music under them. You got to remember, man, back then, I never dreamed of ever being in a band, you know? I was like, mm -hmm. it was just, Thrasher Die started as a fluke. It was just a fluke. My, my goal was to be part of a, a split single and to mm -hmm. play a club called The Culture Room. Never mm -hmm. got the split single but we did play the uh culture room and then we played europe and then we played you know latin america we played yeah. a lot of play we did a lot of tours and you know east coast uh of, of uh, america we did a lot of it's it's gone way beyond you know what um i, I ever thought this band was going to be i mean you know it may not be a household world word but to me it's like yeah it's way more successful than I would be. We played the culture room one time. And after we played, I got an email 
from a guy saying, dude, I like your music. Can we, can you guys write a song for a movie we're working on? And I said, sure. And then it turned out to be uh trauma pictures and you know, who does toxic Avenger and all that. Mm-hmm, yeah. He wrote a song for return of Newcomb high, which is kind of like a, all right. Yeah, and yeah. that and that was in the movie, and in that movie was Lemmy. So it's oh, like, wow. wow, my music is in a movie with Lemmy. You know, it's like that's it. I can retire now. I mean, <laughs> more than I thought. From a split single to playing a club to all this. Yeah. So what, when when did it go from, you know, just playing the like you said the one at the coach room to all of a sudden now you know being at what it is today or where it became that we are touring different countries and stuff. How did it get to that? Promoters, promoters would get in okay. contact with us and ask us okay. to play here and play there. You know, there was uh, the first one was a promoter that uh, did a string of shows for us on the East Coast, mm-hmm. and then Europe was the same thing. A bunch, you know, it's just one promoter, but countries. You mm-hmm. know, same thing with you know Costa Rica, Puerto Rico, Colombia. All that is just they would get in touch with us. You know, and what was this, Ralph? Huh. Um, the last tour we did was in 2017, maybe. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been around now. I mean, our first show was in 2007, but our first album was in 2011. I mean, okay. first CD was 2011 because we're very slow and very lazy. But <laughs> but I'm very proud of everything that came out, you know. And it's still it's a very slow process because when you don't have a record label, you know, yeah. in you – we need new music, you know. We we have the liberty to take take our time, so sure, yeah, gotta love it. And you know, there's bootleg shirts out there, bootleg patches. So uh, as far as I know, four people with Thrasher Eye tattoos. Wow, it's, wow. It's, nice man. One wow. guy's got a big one on his chest. If uh, you see our CD, um, melting your skull, we mm-hmm. you open it up, and that's the thing you see that a chest with the with the logo and the fist from the Poser Holocaust uh, album cover. It's it's just amazing stuff, you know. That's Gotta awesome. love it. And Neil Turbin uh, saw us live once. He loved us. He bought a shirt. And uh, yeah, I mean, shuts. What seems very little to in the grand scope of things means the world to me. Everything to me. Yeah. Knowing these people, you know, and we become very friendly with Raven. We played with Raven three times in Puerto Rico. And John Gallagher the other day. Really? Yeah. Mention my name. They know my. They know me. When I, I got in trouble in Colombia because when we played in front of eight thousand people, I said on stage, "I heard the cocaine here is really good." Now, I <laughs> blow. One person out of eight thousand people was offended. She ended up on the radio. Then it ended up on broadcast news. Oh, wow! And they were looking for me to arrest me. Because of what? Yeah. And the wow. promoter, promoter called me. When I landed in Miami, saying, "Dude, they're looking for you. Do an apology video." And and wow. the, the newest was she an influential person, like in the government, I, or just? I guess I don't know. It was just one person out of eight thousand. Everybody else was laughing. After we were done with the show, cops came up to me, wanted a picture with me. So was they her wanted, name, Was her name know? Nancy Pelosi? By chance? <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, she's in her house snorting her own cocaine. Yeah. That offended me. <laughs> I can do it, but you can't. Yeah. She does. She does cocaine at hairdressers without a mask. Exactly. So exactly. Well, yeah. At least for you too. You're. 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 you're, 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 you're snort. You know. <laughs> it's 
Well, yeah, you're actually in the best uh, state right now to if if it's going to come down to you know eventually live music coming up or something. Florida is really the one that's kind of open for the most part, right? Correct. Well, it is. There there are shows going on here and restaurants are open, but I have a yeah. feeling all sh- all the shit's about to be locked down again. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of things like I don't know. It's been like two months now. Everything's opened up. You know. Okay. But, you know, we just live in a really weird time, man. Yeah. You know, no that's doubt. why I have so many videos on YouTube. Now I can mm-hmm. I put up shit daily because I'm always home. You yeah. know, and, and I'll tell you the greatest thing about I mean how horrible this da- time is. I used to work for the city of Miami Beach. I retired one month before the lockdown. So oh, wow, yeah. And now you free and be able to go out and do stuff while you're retired, and, and you know, one you know, I get my pension check once a month. And you know, I used to work mm-hmm. in the control room uh, in, in the city of Miami Beach, answering phones, but. I used to have to go out a lot too. So, I mean, no matter what, like when there were hurricanes, no matter what, you got to go to work. So mm-hmm. you know, I feel bad for everybody. Wow. I just noticed the uh, Thrasher dies. Um, I, <laughs> well, I put it behind you when you were bringing it up. I was like, let me just pop oh, that up. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, done by Chris Placeris. Great, great. Uh, yeah. That's um, a cool cover, man. I like that. I like that skull. Yeah. It's really cool. Very, yeah. Well, dude, uh, everything you did with Thrasher die was totally high class, like major label or, you know, or like Roadrunner quality, the production, yeah. the recordings, the artwork. I mean, it was very, very page booklet CD. Yeah, yeah. Final, uh, you know, yeah, I'm very proud. Just you no, know? just no digipacks, right? No digipacks. No. <laughs> <laughs> that I won't do, man. Those are those are evil, man. Like I said, once the teeth break, you gotta find a jewel case and yeah, and yeah. Do much about that. But but you know, I got a question for you, Bob. Um, I know, you know, because you you're so you were so in the scene at the time. I mean, I, I'm watching this DVD and I'm thinking to myself, I gotta ask Bob this. Like getting like Lars Ulrich, who is like you know uh, a multi quadrillionaire, you know, t- to sit down and do this for you. I mean, wh- are there? I know you were friends with him in the past, but did you have to go through a lot of channels or hey, Lars, just do this thing for me? You know, this is no lie. He was one of the easiest people to get. Uh, well, throughout the whole process, I hate going through the publicists and all that. If I know the people personally, you know, like a, a Dave Lombardo or a David Ellison or, or Mustaine, you know, Mustaine would have done it. He goes, dude, Bob, I don't, because, you know, when we did the first one, it was like, you know, the very beginning stages of, of you know, Megadeth and all that. He goes, man, I don't remember a lot. He goes, you know, David Ellison would probably be better. And uh, so, you know, we had, we had uh, uh, David, who was great. And uh, I just called up, you know, cause I, I, you know, Lars had said, if you need anything, call my assistant. I called her up. I said, Hey, you know, we're doing this documentary. We'd love to get Lars involved in this. And um, you know, Lars was aware of the shockwave video cast and the other things I was doing. And uh, she said, yes, absolutely. When can you, you, you know, she goes, you want to come up here to do it uh, to Metallica headquarters? I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I was living in LA at the time. And we took a road trip up there and, you know, we we're supposed to get like 20 minutes. We had like over an hour with them in, in their um, rehearsal studio. So that was like literally the easiest. We went up there the next week and, and did it. So, uh, but uh, you know, all the interviews came, came out pretty easy. And it's because, you know, a lot of these people I've had relationships with since the eighties, there were some people that were kind of skeptical because this was before the documentary craze, you know, came out with, now you see tons of documentaries. But when we started back in, 2012, you know, we say, well, we're going to do this LA metal documentary. And, you know, a lot of artists are going, oh, yeah, we were told we were going to be in this one and that one. And we would film for this and none of them came out. And, 
blah, blah, blah. But, you know, a lot of people, they, they knew me and they kind of knew the reputation. And uh, But there were, some, there were some newer people I didn't know that were kind of skeptical. And, you know, when they saw it out or when they actually saw the trailer come out, a lot of people that kind of turned it down were like, hey, you know, they see Lars and everyone in the trailer. Oh, you, you know, I'm, I'm available, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so that was a little hard just get kind of getting it going. But um, no, uh, to answer your question, Lars was actually one of the easiest and came together like that. We didn't have to go through management, through anyone, through the label, nothing. And that's what we asked to do, to go through the red tape. Even if you know the people or whatever, I'll go through, you know, and, and that was something like Kerry King would always say. Uh, and, and I've known Kerry since, you know, I, I used to come over to my house all the time. We'd watch metal videos, you know. I used to see them when they were a cover band at, at Woodstock, and we hung out all the time. And I went to two of his weddings. And, you know, I'll, I'll ask him, hey, you know, I'd love to get you involved. He goes, yeah, yeah. But everything has to go through Rick's sales, which I understand. Mm -hmm. You know, call up Rick. And it's always like, you know, I'll call them and, oh, yeah, you know, there's, I always have to go through the whole thing. It's like, forget it. I got, I'll get Dave Lombardo. And, you know, Dave's got a fantastic memory and, anyway. So, you know, it all worked out, you know. We got we got people from, from each band. But Did you, you get know. a lot of people asking for money to be in it? You know, they wanted to get One paid? One person, from what okay. I understand, wanted money and we didn't, uh, sure. uh, which, which was great that uh, there weren't more. Uh, because back in the day, you know, a lot of artists, they would get paid for this kind of thing. But no, mm. actually, no, I was kind of surprised. You know, some people did ask, they go, is there money involved? And I said, no, unfortunately, we don't have a budget for that. They go, fine, that's cool. I'm just asking. Mm. You know. But okay. apparently there was one person that didn't want to do it because they weren't going to get paid to do it. Uh, wow. No, they didn't need that person anyway, right? <laughs> who needed them? We didn't need them. Yeah, I need them. I'll tell you who it is off the air. Yeah. Uh, we won't mention who he is, but he ended up not wanting to do it because money wasn't involved. Well, th again, this is to another part, another person that asked him and they said, hey, he wants to know how much money he's going to get paid. And this other person that is a good friend of mine is really close with this guy. And and I said, tell him we can't, you know, we don't pay anyone. And but what is what is uh, what does Gene Simmons have to do with the Bay Area? We know it. <laughs> we know it was him, Bob. You know, I interviewed Gene before, and I'll tell you, he was one of the. Uh, it was like a three-hour interview. I couldn't. I couldn't get rid of the oh. fucking guy. He just wow. kept talking and talking. I was in the office. I did it for a, a Platinum magazine, which was kind of a Playboy at the time in '94, and we did an interview with Paul and Gene. They both came down to the offices separately, and uh, it was a great magazine. And um, you know, I had to ask, you know, because all the guys there at the magazine wanted me to ask the standard stupid questions and do like this sidebar, like what's your favorite food? What's your favorite TV show? All that stupid shit. So that was kind of embarrassing, but we got in it. And once he knew that, and you know me, you've heard, I'm not really the biggest kiss fan, but of course I know enough about him. And as soon as Gene sat down, he kind of gave me the test. Although I knew he was kind of testing me and he kind of like, through like some kind of a, a, a question where he said, you know, something, I, I don't know what it was. He said something about uh, this up, up the destroyer. I'm like, Oh, I, I thought that was on the rock and roll over album. And then I knew he knew what he just wanted to kind of catch me. He goes, Ooh, mm -hmm. Bob, you do know your history. And at that point <laughs> kind of broke the ice and it was just like, cause you're such a huge fan of kiss, right, Bob. You know? <laughs> and, and he wouldn't shut up. Yeah. I remember the uh, main editor, cause I was just a writer. She, I, it was like eight o'clock at night. She's like, Bob, I got to lock up the offices. Let's fucking go. And I'm like, 
is Gene Simmons. What do I do? <laughs> so I tell him, and finally, I had to tell him, dude, it's time to get the fuck out of here. It's, you know, 8 o'clock. <laughs> These guys want to leave. You know, and he still kept going on. So it was kind of funny. But no, he I didn't have to pay him anything. So there you go. Wow. Gene, Gene uh, and this was when Kiss were kind of at, it was when they did that uh, that compilation, Kiss My Ass, came out, where, you know, Nirvana and all these bands did Kiss cover songs. And uh, so they wanted that to promote. And of course, anything with, with tits and ass, Gene and Paul are going to be into, you know, back then anyway. And uh, so it was fun. It was it was a fun interview. Awesome. Right on, man. You know, I got to say, uh, uh, Matt, uh, this is really funny because I'm, I, I never really, I mean, I liked, I've always liked like the Cro-Mags and, and, you know, just, you know, mm. some hardcore things here and there. I was never really into it. And uh, in my band combat, my 16-year-old guitar player turned mm. me on to Leeway and they really mind. They're freaking great, aren't they? I didn't know about them. And yeah, the singer passed away way a long, long time ago. I didn't know mm. about this band. And that, that right there is a great, great album. It's now, yeah, the Born to Expire. Yeah, it's the '80s, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they were there. They were there right in like right around the time the Crow Mags, and they came out right after the Crow Mags, uh, like oh, about okay. a year or two that after. They were right, more yeah. punk, right? I know a lot of punk friends were into that. Not really, no. I mean, that's the thing is, I mean, they get there. It's really thrash. I mean, those first yeah, yeah. couple of records, this first, well, the first record, this one, Born to Expire. It's a pure. It's 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 really a metal record. It's not. There's yeah. not really much hardcore. Well, I think at all. Mags. A lot yep. of the punks weren't into the Chromags, but the Chromags, Chromags had hardcore sound to them. They had some punk in them. I'm like like a lot of like the Motorhead type of sound. But this is straight up Leeway. This uh, Born Expired is straight up like, you know, yeah. old school Metallica. You know, influenced and stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's real thrashy. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. There good. we go. You yeah. know, it's a great band by you too, Ralph, uh, in Florida. And speaking of that, because I when I went to see these guys. Uh, a couple of years ago, out here in Oakland, um, this band called Rhythm of Fear out of Jacksonville. Yeah, man. they're my friends. Uh, we play really? with them. Yeah, uh, those guys are awesome, man. Great really, band, really good band, and uh, yeah. I have their CD. They're yeah, they're, and they're awesome people, man. Yeah, we played mm. about two, three shows with them on local gigs, and yeah, okay. Rhythm of Fear, awesome dude, awesome. Yeah, guy. good yeah. guy, great, great guy. band, man. Definitely, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, and what they did was they were actually. They played basically as the as the the band for Leeway. It was just a singer, so they did double duty. They played with their set, and then they would come on and play the Leeway songs with Eddie, the singer from uh, from Leeway. Oh wow! Um, so which is really cool. Yeah, they they freaking they knocked it out of the park. I mean, where, where, was, was, awesome. where was this? They did a tour. They did it. Uh, they did a U.S. tour. They did it on the West Coast here. But I they, I think they played. Uh, I think they played down in Florida. They also did like a coastal tour, East Coast tour too. So, yeah. Yeah, they did. I don't know if they still do. Well, not now, obviously, but um, usually when he goes on the road, he would take them with him, and they would just be the backup band, you know, for them. Yeah, right on. Yeah, I don't That's think cool. they came way south because uh, I would have seen Leeway. I mean, how okay. long ago was this though? This is about two, uh, two and a half years ago, I think, going oh, yeah. on almost three years ago. Yeah. Then. Okay. Then, yeah, maybe. But then again, Florida is infamous for badly promoting shows. I've missed. Uh, yeah. I miss Michael Shanker, man. Uh, back in ninety. Uh. And I never seen Michael Shanker. And oh, did you go to Michael Shanker? I go where? Summers. I was like, what? You know, opening mm. band, the Black Crows. <laughs> wow, really? Oh, what? They're joking, right? No, wow. the, the Black, Black Crows. The Black Crow opened for MFG. I think this was 1990, and it was so badly promoted. I oh, didn't know. Okay, way back then. So it was before they were okay. I, yeah, I yeah, yeah, huge. Okay. Yeah, it's like I saw Voivod. At the same club with Soundgarden. Oh, I saw that tour too. Mm. We were just talking about oh. that on the other podcast. Yeah. With, 
uh, uh, Voivod headlining Soundgarden and Prong, Prong right? Yeah. Prong, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Saw them at a small club earlier. Jezebel's in Anaheim, which was fucking awesome. And I did I see them at the whiskey too? I think that might have been a different bill. I saw Soundgarden and Faith No More do uh that was at the Foundations Forum. Were you at any of the Foundations Forums? Uh oh, those were fantastic. Yeah, that I never I never been to NAM. I've never been to Foundation Forum. Yeah, you know, the only thing I did go to, and it was in the Bay Area in 2001, I went to see the Thrash of the Titans, which oh, was yeah. a benefit for Chuck Billy. Chuck Billy, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I was there for that, you know, because yeah. I am a huge fan of violence. To me, they're the greatest thrash band ever. I, I'm I'm fanatical for that band, you know. Nice. And I flew uh, last year to Oakland. Oh, to see oh yeah. You, did, you came up here to see them, yeah, when they yeah. played. That's right. Yeah, they had those two shows, yeah. Because the show be the night before sold out so quick. So oh, God, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. were right there to get the matinee, and Gary Holt was there, and he came out and did uh, Lesson in Violence with them, and sure. I hung out with Gary Holt that day, and just was that great. a tribute to the singer uh, or a, a, a no no that was that was before when, when Sean was very sick, but now Sean is great. He's, he's perfect. Great. He's killing it now. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. He's insane. I mean, he's such a lunatic. I love him. Yeah, they got yeah. an EP coming out. I think a couple of months. Yeah. I think right. Yeah, a couple months. Ago. And now my friend Bobby Gustafson from Over, yeah. who mm -hmm. lived down here, he's with him. Very friendly with. He's yeah. now with. Uh, he's with them. Yeah. I heard that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Which is, well, I'm so proud of him, you know. I, I can tell you, you know, he's had some hard times with the Overkill Boys. Yeah. You know, after his split, there's been a mm. lot of bad blood there, you know. Yeah, is there still, huh? That was a long time ago when he yeah, did but that. It's still, he did that, that, that documentary uh, uh, behind the basement. What Didn't he do that? That was, uh, that was the drum. That was Ratchgates, yeah, Ratchgates. Because yeah. he left too, right? So they... Did he they left, both he left a while ago. He left a long yeah, time ago. Okay, so Bobby left recently. The yeah. No, Bobby no, left no, wait, in the 1990s. 90s, yeah. 90. Oh, so they both left around the same time then. Uh, Bobby stuck around for two more albums. Oh, okay. And Bobby's yeah. such a badass that when he left, they got two guitar players to. to right. Yeah, fill him. You know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To yeah. But he's a great dude, an amazing guitar player. And I'm so proud of him that he's in violence now. It's so cool. And I just give him a little plug. He has a band called, it's a weird name, but they're really good. They're called Satan's Taint. <laughs> but they're great. They're really cool. Yeah. Yeah, okay. They're really cool. And uh, they got two albums out that has all my buddies in the band. Uh, Does he live out here on the West Coast now or still in New York? He lives He lives in South Florida. He lives oh, there. Yeah. So and he just commutes? Or I guess now you don't have to commute uh to be in a band really you just yeah yeah but you know i i always see him at shows and you know and i you know i, I the first time i ever met uh bobby gustafson we played a show where we didn't know he was going to be there and it was the one and only time we ever played hammerhead from overkill oh, and he was there it was just a fluke wow and then he's like that's how he became friendly and i was like dude the the stuff you did with overkill is my favorite you know and and we've become very friendly ever since. And, you know, he's on my Facebook. And if you look at our conversations, it's not that much different than me and Branvold. We goof on each other a lot. All right. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. So what else you got going on, man? I mean, you're talking about your podcast you do as well. well yeah, I got the Vieira Vault, uh, which is on I, – I air an episode every, every um, Sunday. Right. And I also have a new musical project that's been – 
it, it's hard to explain. I mean, it's metal and everything, but it's hard to explain the difficulties we've been having. But it's finally going to be done. Uh, the music, everything's done. I'm going to go this weekend and do the vocals. The band is called Old Leather, where it's traditional heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And uh, my other band, Combat, which we have a CD you can get at Bandcamp and other places, uh, we're going to be back working on on a full length. But my main focus now, after I'm done with Old Leather, because that's it's it's a project I've had. I made friends with a guy from Puerto Rico when we played there. He moved to Tampa. He wrote all the music. He got a drummer, bass player. He sent me everything. And I went and did the vocals, but the it just didn't come out right. There was things that had to be fixed. I'm talking about three to four years ago. Well, finally, everything was fixed and everything sent my way. So that's my latest project is Old Leather. And then there's another project I have that we're not going to – I'm just going to give away to people. It's me and a girl. We do a duet, but to – Hardcore music. Oh, cool. We're called infected, infected. No, nutritional yeast infection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I got going on. Awesome. In my wacky world, yeah, I got a yeast infection, but it's nutritious. Nutritious. Nutritional <laughs> yeast infection, and I'm about to do a cover of Atomic Punk. Go ahead, you could go down on me. Yes. You're your proper nutrition. <laughs> about to take your vitamins uh, this morning. It's okay. Just. <laughs> I'm, I'm, also, I'm also doing a cover of Atomic Punk from Van Halen. Oh, wow. Nice. Everything's done, and the guitar player was about to put down his tracks, and what happens? He gets the coronavirus. Oh, man. And gives it to his whole family, oh, his wife and kids. But as we, as the last time I talked to him, his kids, him, they're all great. The wife still has it. So once that's done with, he'll, he'll lay down the guitar track. And that's going to be something free. You know, that's another thing I want to say. Reverb Nation, type in Dr. Fuck. And mm-hmm. I got a bunch of songs there you can download. For F-U-K. Free. Oh, nice. F-U-K-K. F-U-K. So it's not a bad word. Yes. <laughs> so you can download a bunch. I've done a bunch of cover songs. And uh, you can download all that for free on Reverb Nation. Awesome. Very cool. Check that out, you know. All right, man. All and, right. and most important, oh, I got to bring this up. My band, Thrasher Die. Yeah. Is on this killer documentary called The Godfathers. Bay Area Godfathers. Bay Area Godfathers. Check that out. Hell yeah. yeah. That music. That's right. Yeah. Available on DVD. Makes a really good Christmas gift, too, by the it's way. You if you order it for Amazon, I would I would suggest ordering it for Amazon to get it before Christmas. They do pretty quick delivery. And uh, part two will be out in March. And that will also have music from thrash or die hell yeah i was very happy when you told me that i was like wow it's gonna be in another part that's amazing and it's really cool how you did incorporate the music because it really did fit all those little scenes you know the yeah i gotta thank uh, danny shipman i gave him all the music uh to use danny and well actually hugh i think pretty much placed the music uh from from reality check tv he kind of did the the ending touches, I think he really kind of placed it in. Uh, you know, there were certain areas I would suggest what to play here and there, but he pretty much um, plays the music and did a f- fantastic job. Really. Amazing job. Amazing Thank job. You, you. Yes. Uh, both Hugh and Danny did. did uh, mm-hmm. It was great yeah. working with them because they really, you know, they're total metalheads. I'm sure you've seen the Reality Check TV uh, YouTube channel. Um, they've been doing it since the 90s, and they're all – 
you know, old school metal guys from the Bay Area. So they get it. And, uh, you know, they worked on me with the Band vs. Brand video. As I mentioned, the Underbelly uh, movie that I had done, uh, done some work with uh, that uh, Corpsey, uh, Robert uh, Ryan uh, directed. Um, they put all that together and Danny did such a great job. It's like, man, we got to get him involved in the uh, uh, Bay Area Godfathers. Plus, they're from the Bay Area. So it worked out really well that we uh, uh, we got them for this as well. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but part two is going to even be better. I think it's the much. Usually part two is a little bit more exciting than well, part one. Let me ask you, because part one, you know, it's really a lot of the origins, too. You yeah. know, it's not just like, you know, you think of Bay Area, you think of Thrash. But there was so many killer bands that weren't thrash, like pre-thrash, that you do spotlight yeah. on it, which I loved. You know, some of them I don't know. I like to look into them. Is part two going to be more of uh, the history of the past, or is it more? Well, it's, it's it's really a continuation. It's basically one movie cut in two because, you know, when, when we started this, I just had so much footage, you know, four or five hours of footage. Of, you know, we interviewed so many bands, you know, we were talking from the L.A. titles, the, uh, you know, pioneers uh, of L.A. hard rock and metal, metal, L.A. metal scene explodes and the rise of L.A. thrash metal, just so much. And, you know, when I started it, Warren said, you know what, do two parts. So that's what we had. So it's really one movie kind of cut up in two. But, yeah, we will go, you know, we'll still go part two. We'll still have Dave Medicati, Y&T talking about some of the stuff. But, you know, some of the more uh, uh, topics we like you know, like more of the debauchery and we get into each of the bands individually and, um, you know, uh, uh, different stuff like that. But it will have uh, uh, a lot of the older bands uh, as well. And we wanted to get not just thrash, we wanted to capture the whole Bay Area hard rock metal scene, you know, starting from the 70s, going on through, you know, the glam bands from the Veins, the Jet Boys, the Le Mans and uh, Head On and Roadrunner to the band, you know, like Stone Vengeance and, and uh, you know, Righteous Sire and, you know, Leather Leone, you know, who was in uh, several bands uh, back then. And uh, so, yeah, we wanted to capture the whole the whole gamut, which which I think we, we did a pretty good job in doing. I and, do, uh, do want to give a shout out because Leather Leone is my favorite female sure. metal singer. And her last album called Leather 2, it's God, really cool. listen to that. It's so killer. Is it your boy Bramvold still working with her? Is he working with her? Yeah, still? unfortunately, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully she could find someone better than that. Michael's a good dude. Michael's a great Michael. guy, but can you please just edit what I just said? What's that? I said Michael's a great guy, but please edit that part out. <laughs> most certainly. Most certainly. Well, Ralph, uh, Matt, was there anything else you wanted to throw in any uh, – Florida uh, trivia. You could throw this guy's. Uh, oh, sorry, trivia. I would have been prepared if I would have known we were doing trivia. We'll have to do it next time we get Ralph on. We'll do some Florida yeah, metal trivia. Let's get Ralph and Danny on together. Danny. That'd be good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you're, I know you're an old school uh, trivia man too. I'm, a, I'm pretty good at metal trivia. I, I yeah. have a lot of useless. You know, should, that was the one thing we did, which, you know, on the old school sessions, one of the favorite episodes, and I still get emails. Did you ever hear that metal trivia show we did with uh, William Howell and Mar my buddy Mario and Toby? And or Mario the Greek was the host, yeah. yeah. And it was mm -hmm. one of like a two-hour show, and everyone's asking about that. Oh, you got to do that again. You got to do that again. So you know what? I think we will do a. Now that we've got we've got, we've got video, let's do that. Let's get you and Danny, 
and um, we'll have a match. We'll have it, you know, like a hardcore trivia match, maybe get some cool prizes for the two of you, you know, some, you know, dildos or some, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. gloves that with the spikes in them, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> you know, like something you guys could use, you know. I'm going to donate my, my dildo to a worthy cause. I'm going to send it to Brandvold. There, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure. I don't know, Danny. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but you're going down, Danny. You're Ooh. going down. Uh -oh. You got the threat, Danny Shipman. I don't know. He's pretty good, man. Pretty he's, good. Yeah, he's pretty good. He's, he's probably going to wipe the floor with me, but, you know, what the hell? I want to fire him up. You're going <laughs> so what we're going to have to do is get you two, like, little, uh, uh, like, uh, last, yeah, last time we used, like, little, uh, uh, those party favors. You know, oh, yeah. Little, yeah. Yeah. Because we don't have bells, we're not that you know. When you start shouting out over each other, it doesn't work too well. But right. we'll figure it out. We'll figure something out. But yeah, let's work on that, Matt. That'll be great. Yeah, we'll do that. It'll be fun. That would yeah. be fun. Yeah. Well, I guess Trinan's count one of them too. He was on one of the original ones. He's he's really good at trivia. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Right. Maybe we'll do a kiss trivia with you and Brandville. Oh uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I'd wipe his ass. <laughs> I mean, he'd wipe mine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a second. We got some big news and it's coming up. Or I should say, Ralph has got some big news coming up tomorrow about Vinnie Vincent. Is oh, it tomorrow? Yes, yes it's tomorrow. Prequel on that? Yeah, the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, when are you airing this? I'll tell you right now. What well, it is. It's going gonna, it's gonna to air tomorrow. So the same time, but tomorrow. Yeah. Night. Dude, I, I, hey, man. You guys inspire me. I might as well spill it right now. All right. Here we go. Exclusive. Yes. Vincent is selling a CD. Get this. For $350. And what's on the CD? It's it's an hour of him just wanking on guitar. No vocals. It's just, it's called Speedball Jam. I believe it's a re-release. Uh, it, it was an older release that nobody cared about. Well, he's re-releasing it now for $350. And get this, shipping, $20. Wow. <laughs> like, they're already paying $350. And he's not going to, uh, he's also. Good shipping. And, you know, oh, that's stupid. I guess I, look, that's stupid. I sell CDs. I'm in a band. Yeah. I send it media mail. One right. CD is $2 and change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's charging 20 bucks for a $350 CD. $350 CD. What a wow. And he's just plugging his guitar in and playing. He's it, probably putting on those old school ghetto blasters on there and hitting the record button and playing it and then mixing it on the CD. It's on YouTube. Mm -hmm. It's called Speedball Jam. You can hear the whole thing on YouTube, oh, but I guarantee you won't get through it. Yeah. It's so annoying. <laughs> and he started three. I, I was like, I got to make a video. Because here's the thing. My videos on Vinnie Vincent back then, yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of views, where it got to the point everybody's like, talk about Vinnie, talk about Vinnie. I'm like, what the hell has he done? He hasn't done anything new. I'm just going to be repeating myself. Right. But now mm -hmm. this comes out, I go, oh, that's something new. Yeah. You know, and, and my yeah. whole problem, and Vinnie Vincent knows who I am, by the way. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you a couple of stories. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you one story off the air, but I'll tell you one now. When I went to the Rockin' Pod in Nashville, he was having the birthday at the same time. I remember there was that. A guy at the Rockin' Pod came up to me. He's like, hey, Dr. Fuck, can I get a picture with you? I said, sure. So he took a picture with me. He later went to the Vinnie Vincent birthday thing or whatever it was called. And he goes, hey, Vinnie, look, I took a picture with Dr. Fuck. He's like, Dr. Fuck, what does his mom think about? 
him running around with that disgusting name. And I was like, cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is he a sarcastic or that's actually kind of funny no he, he really hates really me bitter, really <laughs> he hates me because look I, the only uh, reason I attacked him was because the organizer of Rock and Pod he was supposed to be part of it he got fucked yeah. he really screwed them over big time and on top of screwing them over he went online and started saying these vicious lies about these two guys that are actually really big fans of his I know and he's screwing himself over. I mean, all these people are trying to help Vinny Vincent, and he's just fucking them over. Well, same yeah. with the guy that did the big, um, the initial um, interview with him. That uh, that wasn't, uh, no, that wasn't. Uh, are you talking about the Atlanta interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that Eddie John got over. Yeah. yeah, he got screwed over, and he was oh. like the big, he put up a ton of money and everything to get Vinny to do this, did all this stuff for him. You know, and, and then people, oh, you're just Ish. hating on him. He's a he's fucking over his fans. Yeah, you know, nothing to do with the way he looks or the way he acts or whatever. He's fucking over his fans. I mean, literally. You know? And you know, record company. He he signed to Enigma uh, Records, and while right. he, well, um, what year was this? Because Enigma's not. Yeah, he, he he released something on. Enigma. I think it was called Euphoria or something. Oh, okay. But while he was on Enigma in the recording studio recording it, he was also on the phone with other labels trying to get that on another label behind Enigma's back. What an idiot. Doesn't wow. Yeah. An idiot. Well, anyway, we got the exclusive here, Matt. That's it. Yeah. Thanks, to, thanks to Ralph. There's also, <laughs> I also go through all his merch store with all the ridiculous things he's selling. So check out my video on Almost Human tomorrow. But that's the main thing. $350 for a compact. Jeez. Okay, on top of that, no free shipping. No free shipping. Wow. Give me 20 bucks more. Too. Bucks, yeah. is, 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 a million is, copies just because of this this little promotion piece we're doing. People did he at least put it in a digipack at all? Or? <laughs> <laughs> does, he even, does he at least autograph it or do anything personal? No. No, but, no autograph. But he has other CDs like the Kiss CDs he was on in Vinnie Vincent. Those are autographed for 150 bucks. Uh which is like, wow, this one for three fifty, you ain't even gonna uh, autograph it. Oh. And the other ones that are still way overpriced, like they, you know, Creatures of the Night, lick it up. You can buy mm -hmm. anywhere, you know. Sure. Yeah. Autographs, it's one hundred and fifty bucks. Wow, the guy's a tool. The guy's the guy's almost as bad as Branville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does Branville praise him? Is he gonna praise him on this? Branville, uh, he was on Branville. He was on Branville's show, and oh, everything. I didn't even watch three sides one. It was, everything was fine. Then, like a week or two later, they had the old drummer for Vinnie Vincent's Invasion on the show, who didn't say I one bad thing about Vinnie Vincent. But just yeah. the fact that they had him on the show, Vinnie Vincent let Branville know, "I'm never doing your show again." And they didn't even badmouth him. I know Mark Slaughter doesn't like him very much. <laughs> Me and Mark Slaughter, <laughs> we text each other sometimes. Yeah. We met in Nashville, and he loves my Vinnie Vincent videos. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What's to love about that? And and it, it's, I feel really bad because I I did you know somebody kept begging to do a review of uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion and I slammed Mark Slaughter so bad. And oh, yeah. this is before I knew him. I, think I did an early fanzine too. I, I did some reviews on. I interviewed Vinnie way back when he uh, did the first uh, Vinnie Vincent Invasion record, and uh, he was a tool back then. Very arrogant. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Uh, Quite arrogant, uh, 
you know, it was cool. And I, you know, I, I liked this plant. I thought he was, I thought, and I still do. I like, I still think those are two of the best Kiss albums. I yeah, love them. They're the heaviest yeah. ones. Yeah, exactly. That's why. That's when I kind of got into kissing. I was like, wow, you know, this, you know, th these are good records. Mm -hmm. I saw them on the Creature of the Night tour with Motley opening. And, uh, and there was, uh, it was at Irvine Meadows in the place with maybe 5,000 people at a 18,000 seat, you know, wow. uh, outdoor place. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a good show, you know. I saw I saw that tour as well with the Plasmatics. Oh, okay, Plasmatics. West Palm Beach. That was uh, amazing. But yeah, I mean, um, the thing about Vinnie Vincent, he is an amazing songwriter, and on top of that, he has an amazing singing voice. But he doesn't use yeah. it. He's weird, man. He yeah. should sing for Vinnie Vincent's Invasion. He has yeah. a really good voice, really? and yet you never hear him sing. Huh. It's odd. He's an odd fella. You know, did you know that he got his start right writing music for Joni Meets Chachi TV show? No, oh, no, that's really? in a band with Carmine a, a piece. Yeah, that it was never released, but yeah, they did do something together. But Joni Meets Chachi, the the Happy Day spinoff, yeah, spin he was oh, part wow. of uh, the writing team of that show. Oh wow! Okay. Ah. Mm, that's how he got his start. Okay. And he he was in a disco band called the Dan Hartman. And there's a video of him. How old? How old? I don't know, but in the 70s, you know, he was already, he's in a music video in the 70s. I mean, he's been around a while. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Dan Hartman, isn't it that guy that sang that, what is it, I Can Dream, that, that 80s song, Dan Hartman? He was popular. He did have, right. I think he was a one, one, hit, a one hit wonder guy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe the song Vinnie Vincent. I can Dream About You, I think it was called that song. I think so. He might have yeah. done that. But, Okay. It's called Instant Replay. It's a video on YouTube. You can okay. see it. They did a and in the band also is G. E. Smith. You know him from the Saturday Night Live band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking about G. Smith. Yeah, he's in oh, the wow. same okay. yeah. Pretty wow. wild stuff. Interesting. Wild. Yeah. Good history. I think he will kick ass in trivia. Yeah, yeah. this is some good trivia stuff. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, exactly. Up, man. And <laughs> Rob Hoffer did a porno in 1978. I mean, before Priest called Teenage Rape. That nobody knows about, and I, I have the article that I'll send it to you. Wow, okay. nobody knows about that either. <laughs> I don't know if anyone really wants to know. I know, right? Yeah. He had sex with four chicks at the same time. Oh, women, huh? Halford chicks. Wow. Oh, yeah, it's not gay porn. Okay, wow, wow. I'll yeah. send you the article. It was in a, oh. was I, in I, a I, magazine in nineteen. No, it's pre magazine, nineteen seventy eight. I hear that new Rob Halford book is uh, loaded with a lot of stuff that people right. don't really want to yeah. hear. <laughs> you read it? Okay. I did yeah. read it. Yeah. 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 If, uh, it's sort of a TMI, too much information, I hear. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 You know, yeah. I appreciate his honesty. He goes out. Oh, good, yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows that he's, you know, uh, older and, uh, you know, he's what, 70 years old. You know, it's like, tell it all, man. I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, like, when I read that Michael Lago's book. It's the same thing. He, yeah, he, yeah. Put a bunch of stuff in there too. I'm like, all right, but like you said, they everyone knows, you know, what they are. Just yeah, go ahead, let it let it loose. Right? That's what that's what those books are supposed to be for anyway, right? I mean, yeah, just yeah. to, oh, to I mean, like hear more about the band. I mean, he does. I I, didn't, I haven't read the whole book, but you know, he goes into some priests. You know, talks a, a lot about priests too, but it's more about his personal thing. And you know, we all knew that kind of coming in, and you know, which is fine. But yeah. I went for the Vinnie Vincent book. Oh. <laughs> uh -oh. You'd be waiting for a while for that book. You know, he'll, 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 he'll make yeah. it. He I'm will. surprised he hasn't wrote, wrote a book. Well, he, he will write a book, and when you pre-order it, you're never going to get it. 
There you go. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. He'll charge three hundred dollars for yeah, it. for shipping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the shipping cost. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, uh, crazy. One one final thing I gotta say, Bob, get me John Bush, man. I need to interview. Oh yeah, you know what? I will. We were supposed to do something uh, for yeah on on uh, for your podcast. You know what? Oh, yeah, let me know. Okay. And Joe you know, Floyd. You know what? He uh, speaking of trivia, John is fucking great on trivia. He saw when you know, you remember I did the T Radio V show. He was a top guy on the t uh, trivia, the music trivia. He would be good to get on with you. Oh man, to do metal yeah. trivia with John Bush would be awesome. I would love I'm it. He knows who I am. Yeah, we'll, we'll, work, we'll work something out. But uh, Bush would be uh, someone good to get on the trivia show for sure. Hell yeah! And my podcast, I said the two people I want the most is Rob Halford and John Bush. Wow. Those are the two guests I want the most. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm cool. surprised Metal Blade never pitched John Bush to you. He's pretty accessible. I got it. I got it. Well, if you can give me the channels, I'll try myself. You know. No, I'll hook it up. I'll, I'll send a, a a message, and I'll send it. I, I, the people on Metal Blade are really cool too. They'll, uh, you know, Tracy Vera is uh, uh, Joey's wife, and she. Yeah, I know she has something to do with that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, cool. We well, it's been an honor so much uh, to be on here. As I said, this is what started me off on my mega stardom on the internet was Shockwave. <laughs> I have I have over a dozen diehard fans, man. Because of you, Bob. <laughs> Dude, it's because of you that 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 and and Matt, of course, that got the Shockwave School sessions going again. You know? Matt too, yeah. That, uh, Matt mm -hmm. is very responsible as well. Well, I'm like you, Ralph. Same thing. I mean, I got into the whole podcast where we're interested in because of that's how I met Bob too through Shockwave yeah. School sessions back uh, about 13 years ago. So you built our first MySpace page. Yeah, I did the MySpace page for Bob back then. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> when did the school, uh, Shockwave start? Well, I was doing the Shockwaves Hard Radio through hardradio.com, but that was just, you know, once in a while do interviews. And when we started it, it was good. I was actually getting sponsors and making money. But, you know, we're talking early 2000s. But the Skull Sessions, I think, started in 2007. Yeah. It was seven. Yeah. I guess it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. You, you're the first one I was listening to, like, religiously at work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The control room operator. I was listening. I played work the night shift. I would listen to Shockwaves all night, you know. Nice, wow. that's, that's great. Awesome. Well, we're we'll uh, now we got on video, so. Yep, and like I said, we're gonna get that second one with uh, you and Danny. We gotta have that trivia show. That'll be fun. I'll, I'll, I'll shoot him a text now. Well, before we leave, though, throw up your um your uh, websites and your uh, YouTube pages and all that stuff, Ralph. Almost Human Fifty Six on YouTube. Um, I got uh, the Vieira Vault that's on Spreaker and YouTube and iTunes. I got a radio show on that metal station every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Nice. Okay. And uh, I know I got more stuff. Yeah, Thrash or Die, Combat, uh, Old Leather, Nutritional Yeast Infection. Look, look, look forward to those. And uh, um, pretty much that's it, man. I mean, but isn't that enough? That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> That's good, man. You're you're enjoying your retirement, I see there, Ralph. That's awesome. That's man. right. And you know, yeah. as I said, you know, I can work around anybody's schedule. So, you know, yeah. don't worry about can you do this time? Can you do that? As long as you give me two, three uh days in advance, make sure because the only thing I do is go out to the recording studio to lay down vocals and hang out with my my bass player. But other than that, I'm home all the time. So if you give me a two day notice, I'm home. Awesome. I'll stay. We'll hit you up and get this uh trivia. 
Yes. Yeah, trivia going. So once again, Ralph Vieira, mm -hmm. check him out. Support this motherfucker. He's been doing it a long time. Yes. And uh, we will definitely talk soon, my friend. Awesome. Thank you so much, All man. Right. Yes, Bye, Ralph. Job. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. All right. Take care, Ralph. Bye -bye. Take care, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast. Subscribe and listen to all episodes by going to our pages on iTunes, Spreaker, YouTube, Spotify, and more. You can listen to all other episodes and access up-to-date information and news on the Shockwave Skull Sessions podcast by going to our website at www.shockwaveskullsessions.com. Email all comments, questions, and suggestions to shockwaveskullsessions at gmail.com.